welcome to the Ike Badgers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead, and you are listening to the Badgers and Friends podcast series from Ike Badgers. 12 weeks, 12 episodes, 12 players, 12 tremendous conversations, and we're getting right to it. Today we sit down with Garrett Groshek, athlete turned running back, determined to earn his place in the NFL. So hit that subscribe button, please tell a friend about what's going on, 12 Badgers, 12 weeks, 12 episodes, let's go. But first, I want to talk about my good friends over at Fairway Mortgage and Team Get It Done. Jimmy Ryan, host of the Get It Done podcast, is leading these conversations with CEOs, with hardworking individuals, essentially people that know how to get it done and who have sweat and persevered in their industry to get to the top. And they want to share their stories with us. So make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's the Get It Done podcast from Jimmy Ryan and Team Get It Done. And now, Cage, take it away. Garrett Groshek, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing really good, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, for those that don't know Garrett, he's a versatile Wisconsin running back who's helped the Badgers uphold the tradition of running back university. He's ran alongside guys like Jonathan Taylor. He loves dogs, and he's currently preparing for the NFL. And we're going to cover all that. My name is KJ Eichstead. We're here with Garrett Groshek, and you are listening to the Ike Badgers podcast. So, Garrett, you're from Amherst, Wisconsin. Some people would call that up north. Some people would call that central Wisconsin. And you had a really incredible high school career where you won multiple awards. You had lots of team success, even winning a state championship. Uh, but based on my research, it didn't seem like there was a ton of action for you on the recruiting scene. I did, however, hear some word of mouth about you um, from someone I met from Amherst. So you did have a strong reputation and can you just describe the recruiting process and how you ended up uh, at Wisconsin? Yeah, um, the recruiting process was pretty much kind of do-it-yourself where it was going to a whole bunch of different camps, whether it was the Wisconsin camp and having a whole bunch of college coaches or like NDSU um, and just trying to take a tour of kind of all those as many schools as possible in the Midwest. Um, I was offered to play a lot of different positions um, at the Division Two level. Um, St. Cloud was like a linebacker. Um, a couple of schools were interested in like running back. Um, Winona State said they'd keep me at QB. Um, Interesting. Uh, but I really only got a legit offer from St. Cloud and uh, Winona State as far as like what they would cover and things like that. And then had a walk-on uh, offer to North Dakota State um, as a linebacker. Uh, they're thinking like a nickel linebacker. And then literally a, a week before signing day um like uh wisconsin sends me an email uh saying that i'm invited to the walk-on <laughs> visit and uh obviously end up taking it and 
once once I got there, kind of knew it was you know knew it was over. It was done deal. <laughs> yeah, it was, and for me, it was always a chance to compete at the highest level. Uh, coming from a small school like Amherst, um, and always having you know everyone say that oh you're playing against a a bunch of you know other small schools um, and kind of discrediting what we had done. Uh, but just an opportunity to compete at the highest level was all I really needed. Yeah, man, that's really interesting, actually, because it just seems like I've heard that so many times about, funny enough, it's always like has to do with North Dakota, you know, whether it's North Dakota State or North Dakota, seems like there's several Badgers, whether it was like, uh, I think it was um, Joe Schobert. And like a couple other guys who, who were this close to going to North Dakota and then bam, the Badgers swoop in last minute. We're really thankful for that. So, um, yeah, well we had, um, what was it? I can't remember what position he was at, but Tim Polisek was on the staff there and recruited Wisconsin and actually grew up 20 minutes away from Amherst and Iola. So we kind of had a connection there, um, ended up going on and was at Iowa the past three, four years. Um, and now is the Oklahoma or not Oklahoma. He's the OC at Wyoming. Um, now he just got hired. So that's, I think that's why a lot of guys were close to that. Um, whether North Dakota or different stuff, just because of their relationship, because there's really no, there's no FCS and Wisconsin is the only division one in Wisconsin. So for guys that want to play division one, um, it's either Wisconsin or, or somewhere else. So I think that's why you see a lot of the guys going out to the that conference, really. Hmm. Do you think the lack of attention maybe had anything to do with the fact that you were a quarterback at the time and not yet a versatile running back like you are today? No, I, I don't think anything like that um, because it would have ended up being the same situation where it was well who is he playing against and Mm. obviously I did enough running um in high school that uh like teams would have a chance to see like me running and my athleticism and things like that yeah so staying in high school uh what was it like playing in central Wisconsin and do you feel the under the radar aspect was a blessing in disguise um I'm not, I'm not sure if I would say it was or it wasn't. Um, it just kind of is what it is. Um, whereas just a small school and had a good idea that, uh, there wasn't going to be a whole lot of people coming into central Wisconsin, you know, a high school of 300 kids, uh, not a whole lot of people coming to watch, uh, Wisconsin football in general, uh, or at least high school football, um, as far as like out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, and bigger schools. Uh, but uh, other than that, I mean, it was, we did what we, what we had to do. Um, as far as we, we didn't care who we were playing or when it was, we were just kind of focused on, you know, being at our best and doing what we could do. It also helped probably having Tyler, um, on the team cause he had a little more, uh, notoriety, uh, and a little more 
active recruiting um, process with uh, like Minnesota and Iowa too. Um, we're having some people watching him on film probably help help me out too. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Um, do you have a favorite moment from high school ball? Um, obviously winning the uh, state championship our senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had just about you know, all the seniors on defense and the game was kind of out of hand and we actually uh, kind of curtain called it and all walked off together as they're putting kind of the younger guys in. Um, so that was probably one of the coolest things. Um, other than that, it's just being able to go through, you know, most of us, it was from kindergarten through high school that we were always together. So, uh, obviously getting to build, you know, uh, incredibly strong bond, a sense of brotherhood, um, is just stuff that made it so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll carry that championship with you forever. That's probably one of the oh, best yeah, feelings. Absolutely. Tell us about the position change. We we talked earlier how you're originally QB. Now you're still in the backfield, but this time as a ball carrier. And it's not uncommon for Badgers recruits to switch positions. We've seen guys like TJ Watt, uh, et cetera, going to have massive success. And can you tell us about the position change from your point of view and kind of how things transpired? I know you mentioned linebacker. Um, even quarterback was an option at one area, but, uh, you ended up as a running back. So maybe just tell us a little bit about that and how, how it went down. Well, I think I, I technically came in as an athlete, mm, okay. uh, to Wisconsin. Um, I don't know if it was, we only had including me four quarterbacks on the roster or if it was they just didn't know what to do with me yet. <laughs> um, but like going through that season, um, we obviously had Bart and Alex um, and just, you know, trying to learn as much as possible. I had a decent idea that, you know, actually probably a pretty good idea that uh, I wasn't going to finish my career out playing quarterback uh, just because throughout the season I was still doing special teams, uh, scout special teams, uh, and just trying to do anything possible to get on the field as fast as possible. Um, and they were, obviously special teams was the, you know, the most common way to do that. Yep. Um, and then after the season, go through that season and we're getting ready for, for spring ball. I think we're like a couple of weeks out and we're doing some, agility stations or something like that and coach Chris ends up coming up to me asks how much I weigh and if I can catch the football um and as <laughs> as a quarterback playing catch all day um that's true you, you would hope <laughs> um let's just confirm and, though I'm gonna ask him <laughs> yeah uh, and then end up seeing him walk over to coach set um and we finished a workout and he comes up to me and he goes, uh, I can't remember he, if he kind of asked or told me or a little bit of both, but ended up saying that they wanted me to switch to running back. And that was kind of the rest of it as far as um, position change and stuff like that going. I mean, 
thinking about it, like a school with like Wisconsin, it's almost like that's an honor, you know, like we'd like yep. you to be a running back at Wisconsin. That's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. How about this? What's a fun fact about running backs that the audience might not know much about? What do all Badger fans need? A great place to watch the game, of course. That's where our good friend Jeff Johns comes in. Jeff is one of the hardest working realtors serving Madison, Milwaukee, and everywhere in between. If you're looking to buy or sell your next home, condo, or investment property, Jeff is the guy to talk to. For a free, no-obligation market review of your home or buyer consultation, you can reach out to him at 262-442-2700. Again, that's 262-442-2700. Jeff Johns of EXP Realty. Tell him we sent you. Brian Butcher, I've worn a lot of apparel throughout my career, and I can tell you this. Iron Jack is the most advanced performance gear I've ever worn. It infuses pure silver into all of its gear throughout a proprietary process called Silver Ion Technology, which kills 99.9% of the bacteria and fungus caused when you sweat. For the lifetime of the gear, no other brand offers this world-class antimicrobial protection, comfort, and performance. Join Iron Jock Nation and get yours at ironjock.com. That's ironjoc.com. Iron Jock, it's what's inside. What's a fun fact about running backs that the audience might not know much about? Um I think you know a lot of people which and if you ask probably anyone else on a team, it's, you know, it's both the most reactive position because so much is determined by what happens after the ball is snapped mm-hmm. and where everybody else is moving. Um, but just the, you know, obviously the more, you know, uh, before snaps and studying um, and understanding plays, the, the more it helps you. Um, but as far as a, uh, I guess as a position, especially at lower levels or in high school, um, you can kind of just get away with being an athlete um, and just being either quicker, faster, or stronger than whoever you're playing against. Um, but the the great ones separate themselves um, with their study, whether it's the team they're playing or their own system. Um, and that's where you can kind of see guys uh, separate and really besides the quarterback, you know, probably know what most probably know the second most or should know the second most as far as offense, um, what everybody else is doing. Um, even though it's not always the case because you got offensive linemen that are knowing what all five are doing. Usually um, tight ends are both in the run game and pass game. Receivers are kind of just in the pass game, but running backs have to, you know, really do it all in run game, pass game, run routes, protect. Um, So being, being smart, I think is being something that's underlooked as far as playing the position. Yeah. I mean, I actually wrote an article on that years and years ago before, uh, before Ike was, very big at all um we had a website called ikesportreport.com way back in 2014 so 
So just to give you an idea of how far back that was, and we didn't really have we didn't really have an audience at the time. Uh, but I wrote this article. I called it the Stanford effect, just because I I saw a lot of correlation between you know that high IQ just translating to on field success, and and it may not be the most yeah. you know in depth connection to make, but I, I just saw these trends. Whether it was like Richard Sherman, you know Russell Wilson, all these guys, and and yeah, man, that's a that's that's a hundred percent true in my opinion. Um, so Wisconsin is known for having the reputation of OLU, RBU, you name it. Um, they have a longest of players in the NFL, uh, you know, taken at the top of the draft, the middle of the rounds, undrafted ranks, coming from all sorts of backgrounds, winning all sorts of collegiate and pro awards. And, you know, how much pride did it give you to play a part in just furthering those offensive line university and running back university traditions at Wisconsin? Because obviously the running backs aren't what they are without the line and the line isn't what they are without the running backs. Yeah, absolutely. That relationship on and off the field is just so, so important uh, just because, you know, the closer you are with those guys, the more you or them are willing to give that extra effort, uh, that extra study and the extra reps uh, that you need to be successful as a unit. Um, as far as, you know, the the whole legacy, and it was the same way as far as being a walk-on. Um, and JT used to always say, he would just say the standard is the standard. Um, and that's kind of the way that we approach things is you, you've seen so many examples of how to get it done. So that's, there's no reason for you to not be at that level. Um, and then just trying to put your spin on it, your way of, making it a little bit better, a little bit different um, and just kind of putting your twist on it, but still continuing to play at a high level, carry yourself at a high level and continue to keep the standard where it is. Yeah. You know, when you were, when you were talking about the standard just now, it really made me think um, we actually just released podcast episode on our welcome to Ike podcast called the power of associations. And it's, we kind of touched on the the people you, the five people you spend the most time with are, you know, you're probably going to be a very accurate reflection of them. And it just made me think of when you mentioned the standard, like the running back room at Wisconsin, whether those years of, it was like Monty ball, uh, Melvin Gordon, um, you know, James White, uh, Corey Clement, Jonathan Taylor, there's a lot of overlap and, it's just so insane to have like five or six of those guys, four or five, six of those guys, like with so much talent, but like you mentioned all different and just continuing to have that standard be high. That that's really cool. Um, when you first got to Madison, were there any upperclassmen who took you under your wing? Uh, yeah. Had tons of great, you know, mentors, role models. Um, uh, cause I was at QB for the first, you know, my first, I guess you could say semester of college that first season. Um, Bart Houston was a big one for me. Um, especially just cause he was, you know, so smart, um, and had been through it all at that time. He was a fifth year senior. Um, cause that was when you guys beat LSU, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah that must've uh, been awesome. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a fun first, uh, college college game day experience um and then even guys like our 
you know, our long snapper, uh, Connor Udelhoven or Udy, uh, just a whole bunch of really good guys. Um, and then, you know, through the years, you, you have guys like Sitchi, um, you know, Vince, you know, TJ Edwards, Ryan Conley, uh, Alec Ingold, uh, Dakota Dixon, just the list goes on and on of examples that you have, um, and really the blueprint of how to be successful at the university of Wisconsin. Um, so it was, you know, easy for guys in my class to come in and see all these, all, all these guys, you know, you had Dare and Corey too, Ramish, um, Foom, you know, and then obviously the whole line and D line, um, you just always have upperclassmen that knew what it took to be successful. And you just tried to pick up on as many things as possible. Um, you know, and what, whether it was, and we do it differently to where our locker room isn't split up by position or offense or defense. So like my, my locker was like two away from like Corey Clement, like two away from Bo Benchwall. Like it was all kind of, and I was right across from Vince. Um, so it's all mi- mixed match and everything. And I think that creates, um, you know, a chance for guys to create bonds outside of their position room, outside of the offense or defense, um, and gets you to have different, learn from different experiences. Um, and that just continues to add, you know, fuel to the fire, you could say, of what Wisconsin is and what Wisconsin will continue to be. I mean, every time I ask that question, it's just fascinating because I learned more and more about the developmental uh, details of Wisconsin. Like, it's it's been an incredible developmental program for as long as anyone can remember, you know, taking, frankly, under-the-radar players and turning them into superstars and, and just really good impact players. And not only that, but off the field, too, amazing people. And uh, it's just so awesome and so interesting to hear about you know, the details of that mentorship and that developmental process and, and inter uh, mingling the defense and the offense and giving you guys a more well-rounded uh, exposure to the team and the game and all that stuff. Uh, that being said, what do you remember most about your camp Randall debut? Uh, well, I was, <laughs> I was able to um, coach Herring threw me in there on special teams um, against Utah state. Um, and had, like had a pretty good idea that I would play. I wasn't technically starting on anything, but I had been doing a whole bunch of special teams throughout camp and everything. Um, and it threw me in there and, um, was, had gotten a few plays on a, a few different special teams. And then towards the end of the game, it was a blowout and, um, coach set throws me in there and we end, I end up going, um, and actually scoring in my first game. So that was probably, you know, one of the, How one cool of the most that? memorable things. Yeah. Uh, just to see all my, all my teammates beating the heck out of me, um, <laughs> after scoring, um, you know, Jack Don, Jack, Jack Cone, um, Ingold was in on the play too. Um, 
the whole offensive line, everybody was just so excited. Um, that's something that, you know, won't forget anytime soon. Yeah, that sounds really special. What was it like running behind a guy like Alec Engel? Is your business struggling to find new customers? Does your sales team wish they had more quality leads? If so, it's time to talk to Every Door Digital. With Every Door Digital's multi-channel approach, your best prospects will see your marketing message everywhere they turn. Highly targeted ads in their mailbox, their inbox, or their smartphones, and their favorite social channels, of course. For an affordable source of sales leads, appointments, and new customers, visit everydoordigital.com today. What was it like running behind a guy like Alec Engel? You know, he's gone on to the NFL and just, I would say, you know, furthered the brand for fullbacks, much like Pat McAfee's done for punters. Yeah. Uh, What was it like running behind that guy? Um. Awesome, because you knew you're, he he was going to give everything he had every single play, um, and we asked Alec to do so much his senior year. Uh, he's blocking defensive ends like one on one, and every single time, um, you know, asking him to kind of get the play started and make it right. Um, and for you know the running backs that we had, you know me. JT, Taiwan, and Chris, it was, you know, stay with Alec as long as you can. Um, yeah. And he'll, and he'll pave the way for you. And then obviously just, you know, his, whatever, his touchdown to touch ratio is ridiculous. And his couple of hat tricks and stuff like that. Um, to where you can see that he was the total package. Um, and just a great leader, not just for the running backs, but for the entire offense and entire team too. Yeah. Um, so Wisconsin's always produced talented running backs. I have to ask, what was it like playing with a guy like JT? What makes him so special? Um, I could, I could talk about JT all, all day. Um, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he's one of my best friends, got to spend so much time with him throughout college. Um, cause he came in a year after me and we were pretty much going through a similar learning process the whole time. Um, always bouncing ideas off each other and things like that. Always working out together. Um, the the thing that makes him different from everyone else is obviously has a ridiculous work ethic uh, and attention to detail. Those are kind of things that everybody knows uh, about him that he's always going to keep improving um, and always be hypercritical of his own game. Um, but the thing that makes him different, you could ask any guy that has played with him, talked to him, even not even a person that was associated with Wisconsin, but anybody that's come to, you know, shake JT's hand or just meet him. Um, he treats everybody with the utmost respect. It doesn't matter if you are the CEO of the building or the janitor, of the building he treats everybody with respect um incredibly humble person um which you don't see a whole lot nowadays but he um is just an even better person off the field than he is on the field and that's what makes him special man that is like the highest compliment you could ever give someone and i can hear like the sincerity when you say it and that's really cool um so talking about the future a little bit 
Tell us about Jalen Berger and what makes him unique. Well, it's it's tough to tell because it's <laughs> um, he doesn't talk a whole lot. He's he's really quiet guy. Interesting. Uh, uh, which is, which is a nice, which is a nice change up. Um, you know, he came in and it was quiet. It's tough to tell sometimes what he knows and what he doesn't because he's just so quiet. Um, but you know, obviously you got to see it last year, just the, you know, the natural running ability. Um, I think he's smarter than people think he is. Um, I know he's smarter than people think he is. Um, uh, I think he's did a good job picking up everything. Um, and now it's just time to keep growing uh, and keep getting better. Yeah, keep raising the bar, as Melvin Gordon and others would say. Um, you know, it's really interesting because he came out of New Jersey just like JT, and you could see the flashes. Um, and I think a lot of Badger fans were like, wow, you know, he's he's already flashing, and we're just excited to see him keep growing. So how about this, Garrett? What's your favorite part about Big Ten football? Um, you know, it used to be the simplicity of it, where it was, where, you know, and I had gotten to the point where just playing in enough games and playing against each team, you know, multiple times for the most part, uh, and playing like a team like Iowa or Northwestern, you you know what they're going to do. Um, they know what you're going to do. And it's just lining it up and see, you know, who can execute it the best um, as far as like Big Ten football. Just because it's starting to get a little bit away from from that um, as far as offensively. There's not as many teams like us in Iowa anymore. Yeah, um, the style. But as far as the defense goes, you know, you know and, and playing against those teams – you know exactly what to expect and they know exactly what to expect. And it just comes down to who wants it more. And I think that's what makes college football what it is and makes the big 10 what it is. Yeah. We're, we're very prideful about the big 10 at Ike. So don't worry. We're going to keep advocating for it. No <laughs> matter what those sec people say, we, we give out the sec their respect, but we uh, we're firm advocates that big 10 is top two. Uh, oh yeah. Tell us about the pre-draft process. How was pro day and what's next? Uh, so for m- most people, the pre-draft process, and for me, it was, um, go somewhere to train. Uh, I ended up going to Nashville and actually the same spot that Alec Ingold went to. Um, so I got a good referral to go down there. Um, and, train for eight weeks or so, uh, usually with us, just because our pro day is usually early uh, compared to most schools. It did um, seem early this year. Yeah, we're always that second week of, of March, or that second Wednesday of March, really. Um, and then, you know, some guys will have all-star games and stuff this year, obviously being a little different with all the COVID. Um in between their uh, training and pro day. And then pro day was a lot different this year than uh, in the past. Um, so we came in, got some of our measure- measurements like hands, uh, 
wingspan, reach, um, and then sat around for an hour. I guess there was a, a miscommunication for uh, when the cameras were supposed to be there. I get. I guess that set it back. Um, God, starting. I have the cameras there. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, the NFL wants to make sure they record everything, and I suppose. Um, and then, uh, so I guess that put us behind schedule. And this is the first year that NFL scouts were actually running our pro day. Usually, it's our strength staff that is doing it. Um, so. And then straight from height and weight, we had probably 10, maybe 10 minutes to warm up for 40s. Um, I know myself and a few of the other guys had, I think, one start practice rep before actually running our full-time 40s. That's what I was um, thinking. I was like, what about if you guys are like warm and then had to cool down or something? But yeah, keep going. This is really interesting. And then literally from, you know, you run 140, uh, everybody goes through again. And then literally from, I mean, from the time I finished that second 40 to the time I did my pro agility was probably five minutes, which was, you know, not any, (laughs) yeah, not any amount of time to like, get any practice reps or anything like change like for me i changed shoes like um and it was probably less than five minutes to be honest um where it's like let me get a drink of water like catch my breath like (laughs) go through a couple of drills but we didn't really have a whole lot of time for that and then on top of that they decided to or I shouldn't say that the the NFL, I guess one scout decided to also start the three cone. So from doing my one rep of pro agility, (laughs) I I walked, got like my sweats on and then walked straight over to the three cone and had to take it all off and do my one three cone rep. And that was, like that was it for the, for the pro agility and the three cone, um, which I had never seen done before going straight, like, uh, straight to, or having that little amount of time to transition. So we basically didn't have any time to practice a three cone cause we were walking straight from our pros to our three cones. Um, and then from there we went, broad jump which was pretty much everybody just you know walking over to the broad jump and once everybody was there it was probably a minute and then everybody started to go which at that point you're kind of you're kind of warmed up anyways Mm -hmm. um or should be um and just get like a couple practice jumps in um along the side and then from there it was throw your tennis shoes on and um do the vert, which then they actually waited for all of us to finish our, uh, broad jumps before, uh, we did the verts. And then from there it was to the bench, which they gave us a good amount of time to get warmed up. Um, probably 10 minutes or so. Uh, and then from there it was, I believe 
the O-line went. Um, so Dietz and Cole did their position work, which was 10 minutes probably, uh, maybe 15. Then Goose and EB did theirs and probably similar, not quite as long um, as the O-line. Then Isaiah went and did his D-line drills and was rapid fire through those and probably got them done in you know, a total of five minutes doing his, um, but just was rep after rep. Uh, and then, then we had me and Mason and then, uh, Chrome and AJ, all four of us went, were going to run routes and we each ran a total of six routes and that was it. Um, so guys like me and Mason, who, if, you know, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a pro day where there hasn't been bags involved, agility bags involved for running backs. Um, and was super strange that it was literally six routes and we're done and the scouts were out of there. Um, and it was like, like, yeah, it's like they had a flight to catch or something. Yeah. Everybody was, uh, was ready to be done I think for the scouts because I think they had two pro days the day before with Northwestern Ah. and then Whitewater and then we're coming to ours and whatever with the camera miscommunications and them running it and not being as organized I think everybody was at least for them they were kind of ready to hit the road or whatever yeah, it just sounds like a unique year. Uh, I mean, it is a unique year, but like especially unique. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes me oh, think yeah. of makes me think of players last year. I think it was uh, Jalen Rigor did like a personal um, combine or something that he threw on Instagram. And obviously, you know, it's not as uh, you know like the settings like like who knows what. Yeah, who knows what the settings are actually like? But um, it makes me think of. You know, it doesn't really sound like ideal circumstances. And I also thought of, as you were describing that whole ordeal, it just makes me, gives me, uh, it makes me have a lot of respect for the Wisconsin way. And, and obviously I've always had respect for it, but just like not one of you guys, you know, took the social media to like maybe complain about how it went. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of yeah. stuff that was out of your control that frankly probably didn't help your scores, you know, like the, the whole being oh, cold, yeah. the whole disorganization, and you didn't see, you didn't hear a peep out of that, you know, and we're very in tune with the Badger community, um, but you didn't hear a peep and you just wonder like, would it have been the same if this is a school like Michigan or Texas or, you know, just something where, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's just a lot of respect for Wisconsin for the way you guys handle yourselves. And, and uh, this is no different. Um, so moving on. I think, to I think part, oh, I think yeah, part of ahead. that reason is it just was, everything just happened so fast that everybody was like, did that, really just happened like that and we were just well it's it's over now there's nothing you can do to change it so um (laughs) i guess kind of you know it all comes back to control what you can control and do what you can but once it was over it's over and now it's on to getting ready for actual football and not training for those specific combine drills or pro day drills yeah, um, real quick for our next question. Can you tell us how, um, you know, you went about the process of getting your agent? Um, so my agent, 
is actually Alec Ingold's agent and is actually Coach Settle's agent. Hmm. Um, so, and he was pretty much the only guy that I had talked to, um, Kyle Strong in. Um, and him and like the whole MGC, um, which is that agency, um, was really the only people that I talked to. Um, I had known before, you know, before the season really even started, uh, or before the season even really got canceled, um, last year that, uh, that's who I was going to go with, um, just to, whether it was this year or next year, that was the, the agent and the agency that I felt, felt the best about, um, and most comfortable with. Um, so from there, it's just, you know, being in communication, having great referrals, um, to Kyle obviously is, you know, is a huge part. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose like, you know, that's one thing I've learned is, is I just, you know, get older and progress through life is a good referral is really invaluable. And and it must have just been very comforting in this process of unknown. That is the pre-draft process to, to have an agent that, you know, someone you trust has said good things about and, and all that good stuff. Um, so the Badgers have rostered some very talented defensive players and linebackers throughout the years. JJ mm-hmm. Watt, TJ Watt, Bo Allen, Keanu Benton, you know, Zach Bond, Chris Orr, the list goes on. Let me ask you this, Garrett, who is the best Wisconsin defensive player you've ever gone up against? Oh man. Um, I really wouldn't count, you know, obviously I was there on scout team uh, when TJ Watt was there um, going against, uh, you know, Ryan Connolly, um, Dakota was a handful, TJ Edwards, um, Zach Vaughn and Andrew Van Ginkle, Leon, Garrett Dooley. Um, I don't, I don't get to go against the defensive line a whole lot. So, uh, which is a good thing. Um, uh, but we've had some really good players there, obviously. Um, you know, Isaiah louder milks up there and Olive. Um, but the, the guy that I think stands out the most, um, and just the consistency and the effort and the IQ, um, I think the best guy is Chris Orr. I knew you were going to say that. I had a feeling. <laughs> Man, we just hear so many good things about Chris. He was like our – I think he was our second He's podcast guest. Yeah, he was our second podcast ever uh, on the Ike Badgers podcast, and we're so thankful for him. But in the words of – I think it was in the words of Colin Larsh, like Chris Orr is the single best leader I've ever been around. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and it's just like everyone else is like, no doubt, you know, 100%. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, man, that is awesome. That's really cool because you just named a bunch of really, really, really talented guys. And I was like, I wonder if he's going to say who I think he's going to say. <laughs> and then sure enough, man, you know, respect, respect. Uh, so how about this? Who is the best defensive player not on the Badgers you've ever gone up against? That's easy. Chase Young. Oh, yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> Man. there's not a uh, yeah there's not i mean it's not close yeah like, and like we played against you know i was younger but played against 
uh, Nick, uh, Bosa, yeah. and obviously Ohio State's always going to have somebody, but you know Chase Young in in 2019 was absolutely ridiculous, kind of video game type player, cheat code against most teams, um, and just the attention we had to give him every single play. Um, not just a couple of guys had to give their attention. All 11 had to give their attention to wherever he was lined up. And you can see that um, just with how easily he's transitioned to the NFL and being able to lead that team um, as a rookie uh, just speaks to how impressive as a, a player he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I was having this conversation with someone else, but it's like, you know, Ohio state, they had Joey Bosa mm-hmm. and then they, and then, you know, everyone's here now. He's just this elite talent, and obviously he is. And then, then they got Nick Bosa, right? Yeah. And then, and then you're checking these draft boards, and also there's this new guy who's at the top called Chase Young, and you're like, really? You know, is he really like Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa? And then he happens to be, in my opinion, even better. And he even he honestly reminds me of JJ Watt. But yeah, like you said, no really explanation needed. Not close. Just a special player and. I, I definitely can see that he he's a, a very, very, very talented player to go up against. Um, he's going to be wrecking the, wrecking the ball, uh, wrecking the line of scrimmage for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, so maybe taking it back to the process a little bit, can you share with our listeners a skill or technique you're working to get better at? Uh, for me, it's always trying to, you know, there's not necessarily one thing. I think just the, you know, explosiveness, acceleration, you know, always the top end speed, um, just because, you know, every everybody's getting faster. Um, um, and you're seeing the ability to run and run fast is, you know, where the NFL is kind of going. Obviously, you still have, you know, the big fellows and everybody that's that's got to be big and strong, but um, it's it's – trying to find the right balance between, you know, the strength and speed and the size and speed. Um, and at the end of the day, just trying to be as fast as possible. It's a great goal. Uh, if you were to describe Garrett Groshek's personal brand, how would you describe it? Quiet. Um, under, I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, I am, I am never going to be the person to, do it, uh, myself. I really do not like recognition, um, which was, was perfect because I got to play with JT for, you know, three, three years. That's true. Um, where he, you know, obviously he was always the, the center of attention. Um, but as, I mean, as far as my brand, um, you know, just accountable, reliable, um, consistent, um, you know, always try to be a better person off the field than on the field. Um, and just be consistent with how you approach things and approach people and come in, you know, meet, meeting different people and everything. Um, just trying to, always always be in the moment um never get too far ahead of myself um because if your brain gets too far ahead of your feet then you end up falling on your face 
Um, That's good. And then other than that, I mean, and that kind of goes into the same thing of just always enjoying the process and just enjoying getting better, enjoying growth and development um, and really never being satisfied uh, is kind of a big thing. And, you know, just trying to, with that, just trying to help as many people become better versions of themselves um, you can, or trying to help them get to their full potential, um, trying, just trying to help people. Man, that's tremendous. And uh, you're studying, um, you studied finance, right? Yeah, personal finance. Yeah, Not so in it's business kind of... school, way easier. <laughs> it's funny because I've actually heard that. Um, but it's like, it, it just aligns with everything you just said, you know, helping people. And, and that's really what life is all about. Uh, you know, I can relate to that in the sense where I get so much joy out of doing this Ike thing and, and talking to you guys and, you know, just rolling with the teams and stuff like that. Uh, but every year, the last two years, at least we, we've just done this toy drive for children's hospital and it might seem like a lot of work on the surface, but it's truly one of those things that doesn't even feel like work. And it's, it honestly gives like more satisfaction than anything, because I think it's just that core aspect of helping people. And I really don't know why it does feel so good, but it just feels great. And, and I think that that's really what life is all about. So that was a really cool answer. Um, Last question before we move on to the lightning round. Do you keep in touch with any of the bad NFL? I know you mentioned uh, Alec Engel, but uh, yeah, just wondering how, if you stay connected with those guys. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, obviously it's been a tough year um, as far as being able to see guys in person. Um, yeah. But obviously I've, I've grown up with Tyler uh, Biotish, um, JT, um, you know, TJ Edwards, um, and those guys gank once in a while, um, theater and Bo, just be, and, and Vince I've seen once in a while, just because we're, uh, grew up pretty close together, I guess it's about like 30 minutes, uh, 30, 40 minutes away. Um, uh, and then, well, I guess the last time I was actually able to, you know, see some guys was uh, Gink's wedding, which was must have been fun. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, he lives and is from Iowa, so it was quite a drive, and it's like the west side of Iowa. Um, Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but it was still good to like awesome to be able to see him. Um, and then, you know, TJ Edwards was there. Ryan Conley was there. Uh, Dieter was there. Um, Evan Bondock was there. Um, just a whole bunch of guys that, you know, were the old guys when, when I was coming in and, um, got to build really cool relationships with. So try to stay in touch with, you know, at least the guys that I've played with, obviously, um, Chris Orr just got married, um, actually got married on pro day. Um, so I didn't get to see the ceremony, but he had it on a zoom call and everything. So talk to Zach Bond once in a while. So try to stay in touch with, you know, as many guys as possible. 
Yeah, and it seems like everyone's just willing to keep the lines open just because, like, the Badgers have such good camaraderie on and off the field. Uh, that's just kind of a theme we've heard. Um, okay, so now we're going to do a lightning round where I'm going to give you a quick, a bunch of quick questions. All I ask is that you keep your answers to one or two sentences. Sound good? Okay, let's do it. All right, first one. What's your go-to meal lately? Go-to meal is probably, I mean, chicken would be All the right. obvious. Probably chicken and rice, and then throwing some some veggies. Um, just, just pure try. health. Yeah. <laughs> um, musical art, musical artists you've been listening to a lot this year. I always listen to Fifty Cent. Um, other than that, I'll listen to just about everything. Um, you know. Country, Ed Sheeran, obviously, um, rap and stuff. You know, it's funny you say 50 Cent because whenever I watch Guy Trying, I always get so inspired (laughs) for whatever reason. (laughs) I need to, like, start working out again or something, throw that movie on. Uh, Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. What's a good book you've read? Whew. Um, That is one of the things I've picked up in quarantine. Um, I right now I'm reading Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, but actually, a, one book that I really enjoyed was It Takes What It Takes by Trevor Moad, um, mm-hmm. who is kind of like the you know mindfulness coach for Russell Wilson and some other okay. uh, athletes. Um, other than that, I've, I've read the you know David Goggins can't can't hurt me. Um, Jocko Willick's Extreme Ownership. Um, yeah, some of those Wim Hof. But yeah, I've I, actually got a uh, Green Lights in my my bag. I picked that up. I started in midst of it, but um, I think Sanborn is reading that as well. Um, what's the f- what's your favorite class you've ever taken? Besides from my, you know, my finance classes where I actually like learned what I would be doing for the rest of my life. Um, I did take intro to acting my freshman year, my first semester. Um, so that was, that was fun. Um, just seeing all the, like how it's actually taught and things like that. Um, it was cool to see that side of it. What's the next place you want to visit? Whew. Well, <laughs> I don't know if this counts, but like, um, we, I mean, we're going to Florida in July to kind of do our one year anniversary wedding ceremony, um, at an all inclusive resort. So you could probably say there, otherwise some Colorado would be one. And as far as like out of country, I think Australia would be a cool place to go to. Nice. What's one of your favorite movies? I'm a huge Marvel's fan, um, Marvel fan. So all the movies, um, and you know, my, probably my favorite movie of all time is Tommy boy. Great movie. Hilarious movie. (laughs) That guy in a little coat. Um, what's your favorite sport outside of football? Oh, 
with uh i have started watching ufc a lot more um as far as like playing love to play golf um but just cost cost money so it's um take some of the joy out of it especially when you're not as good yeah stick with it it's super i I played a ton of golf last year um just not much else you could do but it does cost money Mm -hmm. but it's uh it's a great life skill especially um you know financial uh financial advisor or if you decide to pursue that one day um last question actually sorry last question the lightning round if you could start or pursue any charity what would it be well, with um, me doing like financial planning um, and being a personal finance major, some type of financial literacy um, would probably be what I would like. What I would like to do and be able to be the most involved with, I think. Yeah, we, I mean, Lord knows they don't teach enough of that in school, so that's really good. And we always go our show this way. How's the family? How is the dog? And how is Jared Groshek, the person, doing? Uh, always doing great. Um, family's doing well. Um, you know, couldn't ask for a whole lot more, um, you know, healthy. Just being, uh, getting ready to be mobile uh, <laughs> once yeah. uh, the end of April hits. And just, you know, excited to see, you know, where the where the next chapter of our lives is going to take us. Yeah. So that wraps things up for today. We want to thank Garrett for coming on the show. Garrett, any final thoughts? No, thank you. It's It's been fun. Uh, been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. We, you know, thank you, my man. Um, thank you for listening, Badgers fans. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help support the show, easiest ways to do that are simply tell a, tell a friend, tell another Badger fan, some leave a five-star review. Any of those things is really appreciated. And if you're on Twitter, that's a great way to connect with us and other Badgers fans as well. You can find us at Ike underscore Badgers, where we post analysis, highlights, and more. And we keep it pure sports without the politics. And Garrett, do you want to tell uh, the listeners the easiest way to get in touch with you? Uh, easiest way, I guess, social media for the most part. Um, Twitter, Instagram. Still check Facebook or LinkedIn once in a while. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, those are probably the easiest ways. Awesome. So lastly, if you're in business and want to talk branding, send us an email at welcome to Ike at gmail.com. We have a lot of exciting things to come. My name is KJ Ikestead. This has been another great episode of the Ike Badgers podcast with Garrett Groshek. So until next time, Badgers fans, we're out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ike Badgers podcast. The Badgers and Friends series, we're excited that you're here and we thank you again for listening. If you want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's how we can continue to give great value to you. Badgers fans, more great episodes on the way. Until next time, on Wisconsin.
Smile, yeah, babe, cause I know you inside. 